Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we speak to Dr. Charlotte Archer, who is a senior research associate in primary care mental health at Bristol Medical School, which is, of course, at the University of Bristol. And the paper is Rise in Prescribing for Anxiety in UK Primary Care Between 2003 and 2018, a population-based cohort study using the clinical practice research data link. Now, we do know that previous studies have found substantial increases in the prescribing of antidepressants for any indication, but little. But there's been a lot less known about the prescribing in and around anxiety. I started by asking Charlotte to tell us a little bit more about the background here. So anxiety can be treated with medication called anxiolytics. Um, and one of those anxiolytics is antidepressants. And before this study, we knew that prescribing of antidepressants for depression had increased substantially over the past two decades. Um, And that increase in prescribing was largely driven by an increase in long-term prescribing rather than an increase in um, the number of new patients starting medication. But what we didn't know is if this increase in long-term prescribing had also been seen in patients for anxiety. We also didn't know anything about prescribing of the other drugs used for anxiety, so benzodiazepines, uh, propranolol, which is a beta blocker, antipsychotics and anticonvulsants. Um, so really, we wanted to understand what was happening between 2003 and 2018 in terms of these drugs for anxiety. Um, and just to mention as well, you know, in that time period, um, there was a couple of um, events. So um, in 2011, the NICE anxiety guidelines were updated um, to include the recommendation that antipsychotics shouldn't be prescribed. Um, and there were also, um, you know, the introduction of the IAPT National Talking Therapy Service in 2007, 2008, um, which obviously is potentially an alternative to medication. Um, And then obviously there was the 2008 economic recession as well. So that was kind of what we knew um, and what we were interested in before we did the the work. Yeah, lots of things to put into the mix there. So perhaps I'd get you to tell tell us a little bit about what you did, but um, we won't spend too long on the methodology and then we'll get on to what you found. Sure. So we used clinical practice research data link data, um, which I'm sure lots of your listeners are familiar with. So it's um, a kind of national data set that collects data from UK GP practices across um, the country. And the data that we extracted was from 127 GP practices, um, which um, were about 2.6 million um, patients. Um, and so for each calendar year, we calculated how many patients had received prescription for an anxiolytic. Um, which we used to calculate the prevalence rate. And then we wanted to know um, how many patients had received a new prescription of an anxiolytic, which we used to calculate the incidence rate. Um, And we did this for um, any anxiolytic and then for each drug class. So antidepressants, benzodiazepines, beta blockers, anticonvulsants and antipsychotics. Um, And then we looked at, in terms of those new prescriptions, how long were those patients taking those drugs for? So the duration. Um, And we did this also for age and for gender as well. So how did um, trends differ for men and women and younger and older patients? Cool. So uh, tell us what you found, Charlotte. So what we found between 2003 and 2018 is that prescribing of any anxiolytic medication increased really quite substantially. So in 2003, um, the prevalence rate was um, 25.0 per 1,000 person years at risk. 
And by 2018, so when the study ended, it was up to 43.6 per 1,000 person years of risk. So that's really quite a large increase, about 75%. Um, we also saw increases in the prescribing of other drug classes, so antidepressants, um, prescribing of um, propranolol, and nearly doubled over the study period. And we also saw increases in prescribing of antipsychotics and anticonvulsants, although they were prescribed less frequently. The only exception to this increase was prescribing of um, benzodiazepines, which were pretty steady, steady across that 16-year period. Now, in terms of new prescriptions, that didn't follow quite the same pattern. So prescribing of any anxiolytic so new prescriptions of anxiolytic actually declined in the first three years. So from 2003 to 2006, they were then steady for a couple of years and then they increased again up to 2018. So you can kind of imagine a U-shape really. And that was prim primarily driven by prescribing of antidepressants, uh, which we would expect because, you know, antidepressants are the main medication used um, for anxiety. And again, we saw um, a nearly double, double increase in prescribing of beta blockers. Um, and we also saw increases in the prescribing of, um, of antipsychotics and anticonvulsants. Again, the exception to these increases was prescribing benzodiazepines, where we actually saw a decline um, over the 16 years, which I think is good. Um, but I think it's important to note that in 2017, about half of these prescriptions were for longer than the NICE recommended four-week period. Um, so just something to consider, really. But that's a very good time to make that point because we don't want to. We've got to be careful about patting ourselves on the back too much. It's the benzodiazepine prescribing, and there are three figures in the paper: figure one, two, and three, which show these, um, and four as well, which very much show these. Uh, what you've been describing here, I'd encourage everybody to have a look at those. And you can see clearly that the benzos have drifted down. But it's an important point, isn't it, that those when it is being prescribed, in nearly half of cases, we're going beyond the four weeks that is recommended. Yeah, definitely. And so, whilst there's definitely great awareness of perhaps the some of the dangers associated with benzodiazepines perhaps with dependency and um, you know a move away from prescribing this um, certainly half of these prescriptions up to the 2017 year um, were being prescribed longer than that four-week period yeah it's really interesting looking at the graphs as well and certainly there's um that there's that that dip on that from two, from 2003 for a few years in the incidence ones and then but if you look at the prevalence graph it really looks quite level until you get to about 2008 9 which is obviously was the financial crisis at that point and then it starts to tip up and we wouldn't want to we obviously can't you know apportion any uh, causation there whatsoever but some, there's some in, there's some intriguing areas here what what do you think some of the there's quite a lot of findings here tell us a little bit about what you think some of the uh, unpick some of this for us because there are some things we can infer and some things we need to be very careful about inferring from this study. If we think about that kind of U-shape with the decline and then it coming back up, what we know from other research is that this very closely mirrors what was happening in primary care in terms of um, trends in anxiety diagnoses. Um, and we know from some qualitative interviews that GPs are much more likely to prescribe an anxiolytic medication when a patient has a diagnosis of anxiety. And that makes sense, I think, you know, doesn't it? In terms of that decline, I think there's some evidence to suggest GPs might have been reluctant to um, formally label patients with a diagnosis of anxiety. And there's some work that suggests there was a preference to using symptom codes. 
But obviously that doesn't account for what happened from 2008 onwards. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to acknowledge that um, around this time there was the economic recession. And we know that um, recessions can have an impact on people's mental health. Um, and I think it's important to, to comment on that. Um, but also, perhaps towards the later years, there has been an increase in wider um, public health campaigns around mental health. Um, and conversations are increasing, aren't they? And I think that perhaps increased awareness of anxiety among patients. Um, and that might mean that patients are more willing to, their, to go to their GP about anxiety and to have that conversation about whether medication might be appropriate for their symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. We have to be very careful not to, um, this may just be, as you say, increasing awareness among patients and increase willingness amongst um, patients as well for and GPs for them to um, actually diagnose formally, as you mentioned. I think so. I think my, we certainly had something on this in the BJGP just recently about that slight reluctance to code with anxiety that has existed. Published some work um, last year, which was qualitative interviews with GPs, um, and yeah, it, it kind of mirrors what you just said: is that GPs were concerned about. Um, you know, assigning a diagnostic code to a, a patient's medical record and the implications that might have. Um, but I do think, you know, there's been perhaps more of a shift um, in recent years to understanding that actually sometimes anxiety disorder can be useful sometimes. It can help, you know, patients understand their condition. Um, and perhaps, you know, in part, that's what we're seeing here in terms of the prescribing trends. Two things I want to ask you about. First of all, is to just get you to mention about gender differences in the prescribing. The other one was about young people as well. So prescribing for men and women was relatively similar over time. So they, they both followed a similar pattern. But what we found is that prescribing was roughly um, double that in women compared to um, for any anxiolytic and then for each drug class. In terms of what was happening by age group, what we saw was that prescribing in young adults increased really quite substantially in later years of the study period. Um, and just to kind of give you an indication, really, for any anxiolytic, so for a new anxiolytic medication, in about 2013, the instance rate was 13.6 per 1,000 person years at risk. Across the following five years, up to 2018, it doubled to 26.3 per 1,000 person years at risk. So that's actually a really large increase over quite a short period of time. And what's perhaps um, slightly concerning is that we saw this increase in prescribing for every drug class, and that includes prescribing of benzodiazepines. So more and more young adults are being prescribed benzodiazepines. And when I say young adults, I mean um, for this study, that was those aged 18 to 34. Oh, that's really interesting. So let me, let, let's me let just look to the future a little bit. What Where do you think we need to go with this next, Charlotte? What do you think needs to be looked at next? What areas do we particularly need to find out more about or work on developing? Recent increases in prescribing, um, particularly in young adults, can reflect lots of different things. Um, so I think GPs are probably getting better at identifying anxiety, and there's increased awareness of anxiety within society, and therefore patients are more willing to go to their GP and have that conversation. And I think that's really good. However, um, I think there's a bit of a problem here in, some of, in terms of some of this prescribing as well. So, for example, some of this prescribing isn't based on robust evidence of effectiveness. So thinking here in terms of beta blockers, 
So um, they're not recommended in the NICE guidelines. They're not mentioned at all. Um, so there's no clinical guidance for when and how GPs should be using them for anxiety. Also thinking about prescribing of antipsychotics. So again, NICE, re- NICE guidelines recommend that they shouldn't be used for generalised anxiety disorder. That was brought in in 2011. Um, and actually prescribing slightly increased in terms of antipsychotics after that year. So in terms of taking this work forward and research, I think there's a real need to understand when and why GPs are prescribing these medications for anxiety. Um, and particularly thinking about that, the benzodiazepine increasing in adults as well. I think that's something that needs to be explored further. You know, is it that young adults, um, we need to widen the treatment choice for young adults. There's just not enough available options to them. Charlotte, um, that's an incredibly useful paper. And there's so much to, to pick over here and to think about in terms of how we practice. Um, it's, uh, it's an enormously useful contribution to the, uh, this research. And I know it's been picked up by a lot of people already across the media. And I, I hope it, um, it certainly helps change practice and move things forward here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.